0: If you are hearing the sound of my voice, that means you survived the big polar blast of 2019. My goodness, it has been cold, but it can stop. This cold weather might be able to stop the Postal Service, but it cannot, it will not stop the Iron Man. That's Senator Tom Tiffany, Republican Hazelhurst, and He joins us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. Noticed, sir, that I said... Iron Man, not Iron Stash. I would not do that to you. <laughs> That's the other end of the state, Iron Stash. Welcome. I appreciate you uh, opening up uh, your office to us on this very frigid uh, Wednesday. Talk about the, the big issues of the day. Let's begin with uh, Tony Evers, the new governor of the state of Wisconsin. First time now in uh, eight years. You have a Democrat at the helm. It's a divided government. We all know uh, what's going on, and we all know what's at stake. Uh, That said, give me a grade, if you will, of Governor Tony Evers, the first few weeks of his administration, how he's handled the challenges and certainly some of the stresses of the office so far. Sure, incomplete. And we're going to be able to um, do that grading
1: thing much more in about 30 days when he introduces the budget. I mean, that's when you find out what an administration's priorities are, is when we see how they're going to spend the money just like a family you find out their priorities on, with what they spend the dollars on and it's going to be the same thing with governor evers what's going to be his priorities what is he going to spend the money on and how much mm-hmm. so that's when we're going to be able to start talking about grading the governor a um, couple things that i've seen him do i was over at marinette marine um, last week yeah. and i think that was a good move on his part uh, certainly uh, he's going to include that in his budget to um, provide some more dollars for them. And uh, so, um, you know, I, I think that's something that's a bipartisan agreement. So seen a few good things, um, but the big show isn't here yet, and that's the budget.
0: And that'll be uh, delayed a bit, like it always is. We have a new governor sure. in charge. I know that the... Uh Uh, The Republican-controlled legislature has given the the new governor uh, until the end of uh, February to get that in, and uh, we will indeed see what happens coming out of that massive document that we expect. A couple of things, though, on the uh, Tony Evers' front. He has gotten the uh, reputation so far, uh, perhaps it stays with him, it lingers, perhaps he's able to put it behind him, but he's gotten the reputation so far as being a bit of a flip-flopper. Uh, We certainly saw that uh, in recent uh, days with uh, his very public stance on uh, fighting the Republican-controlled legislature legally on uh, the extraordinary session and some of the elements. He was told by his attorney general, uh, Josh Call, uh, I don't have the authority to do this now. Uh, You're going to have to walk that back. And he did, and then he went back again. Uh, is that going to be a problem in these divided government times moving forward?
1: If it continues. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, so coming in early, I mean, people are going to give a bit of a grace period. The public is going to allow a grace period where um, a governor is allowed to settle in, begin to make decisions, and then they'll find out if, if the pattern continues, then it becomes a problem. Mm.
0: It's interesting to me that you say that, and you're right, it has historically been the case. Governors, new leaders get a grace period, they get that honeymoon period as it used to be called. But Isn't it fascinating? You were here in in 2011, the early days, and you told me uh, the beginning of the Trump administration, what the nation is about to see is Wisconsin writ large. I say all that in context, Governor Scott Walker never got a honeymoon, it seems to me. And we definitely know that President Trump never got a honeymoon from the mainstream media and certainly not from the Democrats.
1: And I think it will be interesting to see what Governor Evers does here if we continue to see this uncertainty of how to answer questions and stuff like that. I think it's what you alluded to, is why you see Republicans prepared to answer these questions because we are under scrutiny all the time Mm -hmm. from the media we're getting questions constantly uh, tough questions and we have to have answers for them I think we're more prepared for this because oftentimes Democrats have not have to, had to handle these tough questions. They don't get them, so therefore they're not prepared. And uh, is that part of Tony Evers' problem at this point? Because there were not a lot of tough questions on the campaign trail. And especially when you look at the final three months of the campaign, um, he was not out in public answering questions much. And so I don't think was, I don't think he's prepared for that rigor of governing. And being able to answer the questions of this is why I made this decision. So they're gonna to have to ramp up fast here to get him prepared for what's gonna be some really tough questions because, I mean, governing is a whole different thing. For those of us that have been there for the last eight years, we saw the difference between the rhetoric we'd oftentimes use on the campaign
0: trail and then governing. Mm -hmm. It is
1: two different things, and there's really tough decisions that have to be made, and you have to be able to explain yourself.
0: We're talking with Senator Tom Tiffany, Republican Hazelhurst, to this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. We like to call him the Iron Man. He's one of the few lawmakers in this frigid building. (laughs) Actually, the building's not so frigid. You step outside, and you know what the polar vortex is truly all about. Okay, let's talk a little bit. So just so you
1: know, yeah. my wife thinks I'm crazy, yeah. so anyhow, but well, just, many people have known that. All ju-
0: I was gonna say, just for the record, this isn't the first time your wife has said this to you or others, <laughs> but you are a, a tough soul, a hardy soul, a hardy Wisconsin soul certainly to report to work today and we do appreciate your time. Let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, what lies ahead with the budget, but before we do that, let's take a look at some of the numbers that are coming out today. We know that Wisconsin has had, been on a roll, economically speaking, a very robust economy. And uh, we've talked about the numbers before, 10 straight months of unemployment at 3% or lower. So many high-paying, good-paying, family-supporting jobs aren't enough people to fill them out there. Poverty rate down 2 percentage points, these are significant gains over the last several years. At the same time, You see tax reductions, tax relief every year. And now what we're finding out from the uh, Legislative Fiscal Bureau are projections at about $2.4 billion of surplus revenue. Now, the State of the State Address was an interesting narrative from the governor. It was all about... uh, it was really a... Fixing the economy. Fixing the economy. Now, that, that's a good way to state it. Fixing the, how do you fix an economy that is set to report $2.4 billion in surplus in the years ahead?
1: Yeah, um, I certainly take exception to Governor Evers talking about fixing the economy because the economy is working for people here in Wisconsin. There was just a piece of data that came out a week ago, um, saw it in uh, the Milwaukee newspaper where foreclosures are at the lowest level yeah. in like 20 years. What a good piece of data. Yeah. And the thing that, you, know, you cite all these pieces of data and they're all important, but the one that is most important to me is that people's wages are rising, and they're rising beyond the rate of inflation. I think it ties back to those foreclosure rates. People have more money in their pockets, they're able to afford that home, home mortgage. I just think that's the most important thing we're doing is we're putting more, as a result, we didn't do this but we set the conditions in place where people are able to have good jobs if they choose to have them. And as a result, um, wages are rising for people and they have more money in their pockets. That's a great thing. I think that's the, the best thing that we've done over the last eight years um, here in Wisconsin.
0: It seems to me to be <clears throat> the thinking of the Evers administration, the governor, and Democrats in the legislature that. Yeah. We, maybe we're on uh, really good, solid ground, fiscally speaking, statewide Maybe the economy is humming along. Now it's time for people to pay for it, particularly the wealthiest among us. Now it's time to really start rolling out you know, uh, tax hikes. Does it make sense to raise income taxes? Or in the case so far, what we do know from Governor Evers is to eliminate a tax credit that offered so much relief that it led to 42,000 jobs in the manufacturing sector and farming in this kind, in this uh, state. That's the uh, ag, uh, the uh, manufacturing and ag- agriculture uh, tax credit. Uh, he would like to to draw that down. Um, and then there's all kinds of talk of uh, gas taxes to pay for transportation. Does that make sense in your estimation right now, with the way things are going economically speaking? So what's
1: been successful over the last eight years we've reduced taxes what about eight billion Mm dollars here and that's billion with a b and generally we've not been regulating people more and actually i had a chance to sit down with governor evers a couple weeks ago and um with representative felskowski and and he asked us for our input and it was very kind of him to ask for that i said i said the one thing you should do governor evers if you want my recommendation is don't raise taxes and don't increase regulations because that is what has gotten us a $2 billion surplus here in Wisconsin. And if you want to continue to have money to be able to spend on schools, which are your priority, and other public services in years to come, in budgets to come, Don't raise taxes, don't raise regulations, and those individuals out there in businesses, they're gonna continue to invest in Wisconsin. If you reverse course and go back to the dark doyle days of a decade ago, then you will kill the golden goose and it will make things much more difficult because people react to incentives and um, the incentive for people here in Wisconsin at this point is you get to keep more money in your pocket and therefore people are investing more. I've never seen such small business optimism as I in northern Wisconsin among small business people as 2018 hmm. when you had what we've been doing here in Wisconsin and then you supercharged it with the tax reductions, the new tax policies yeah. um, at the federal government, uh, at the federal level. Um, Just great optimism, and now people are starting to, they're going, okay, we wanna see what this new administration's gonna do. Um, Hopefully, they're wise enough in the administration not to raise taxes and uh, not add more regulations that take money out of people's pockets. I'm
0: very curious what the governor had to say to you. Did he shake his head, acknowledge, okay, fine, give that consideration? Because I see so many people that he's brought in as advisors coming from The tax and spend big government arena, some farther along than that, and we'll talk about that momentarily. But um, there seems to be a lot of advisors from the left surrounding this governor telling him that raising taxes, particularly on the wealthy, is the right thing to do at this time.
1: It'd be really interesting if he's able to resist that impulse because that's certainly what the left, that's their playbook to do that.
0: Hashtag resist, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, for sure. And uh, that's why it's important for us Republicans to resist those tax increases, those impulses that we know do not end up leading to a stronger economy here for Wisconsin and a better way of life for the people here in Wisconsin. So um, um, hopefully he is able to stem that tide. Um, It it, it is going to be interesting to see where we go from here uh, with some of the people that have been put in the administration. I see they just nominated a couple days ago or they announced that they're going to bring uh, Todd Ames, former Sierra Club operative from Ohio who worked in the Department of Natural Resources during the Doyle days. They've chosen to bring him back. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a big time red flag for those of us who know how he operated for uh, those eight years of the uh, Doyle administration. When he ran the water division, he ran it with an iron hand and um, for example would turn $5,000 culvert projects into a $50,000 uh, replacement. Things like that that were going on. I am deeply concerned about that nomination coming into the department or that that announcement that he's coming into the department of natural resources because that agency has the greatest impact of any agency um, and uh, the other agencies aren't even close mm-hmm. to uh, prosperity in Wisconsin, but especially from northern Wisconsin, where I come from. The Department of Natural Resources, when they put their thumb on the scales, they can move us one way or another because we utilize natural resources for everything. Agriculture, you know, agriculture, mining, forestry, tourism, tourism, most The Times is using natural resources in one way or another. So it really has a great impact, and I really want to see what is going to happen there because, personally, I like um, uh, Governor Evers' nominee, uh, Preston Cole, but if he's going to have people running the agency who are in leadership like Todd Ames, I have to call into question whether they're sincere about growing Wisconsin's economy.
0: Senator Tom Tiffany joining us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. It's interesting you say that. We just have a piece uh, running this week at MacGyver News. It's all about uh, the Green New Deal. This is apparently the brainchild of uh, U.S. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is the darling of the far left and uh, quite frankly, the darling of the mainstream media. she's put together, apparently, reportedly, I don't think this is really her legislation uh, based on what I've been reading. It's more that it was poured into her, you know office by uh, the, the green movement, the renewable energy movement, and others uh, far left uh, environmentalists in this country. But anyway, her new green deal, or Green New Deal, excuse me, would involve trillions upon trillions of dollars in urgently uh, transforming America's energy portfolio from fossil fuels to all renewable fuels in 10 years. Um, First and foremost, logistically, financially, economically, just an impossibility. But beyond that, it's all of these big government plans, universal health care and federally guaranteed jobs and income, all of these sorts of things. Uh, But I see that not just, it's not just at the national level. We see it here in the state of Wisconsin. And we talked about a representative in the legislature who may be the most vocal spokesperson for the Green New Deal, and that is uh, uh, Representative Greta Neubauer from the Racine area. Uh, She has been widely endorsed by the same entities endorsing Ocasio-Cortez. That's something on the environmental front, if you will, from the regulatory front and from the economic front, that Republicans, as you talked before about, are going to have to present a solid front. Can you, with so much momentum seemingly going, uh, at least media-wise, with these Green New Deal folks— So
1: I'm looking forward to a proposal. I hope someone like Representative Neubauer um, puts forth a proposal and um, gets the fiscal estimates on it. Um, let's see the details of the plan. Uh, that's the first thing that we need to do. People can speak in broad strokes, but here in the legislature, we have to see legislation. We have to see what it is going to do. And so if someone wants to propose that, I'm anxious to see it and let's take a look at the numbers that are out there. Um, Ocasio Cortez I thought was pretty interesting in her interview about a week ago that we're 12 we're 12 years from the end right um, If people remember there's a former vice president <laughs> who said we were 10 years from the end and we passed that period um, a few years ago oh, So we keep hearing this end-of-the-world, doomsday stuff if we don't do this. And it seems like the deadlines always pass. And it's unfortunate that the mainstream media doesn't hold them accountable for these doomsday scenarios that they put forth. I mean, this has been going on for a long time. I Remember Paul Ehrlich from the 70s? Yeah. I mean, we had Time Magazine saying that cold was going to end the world in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. 20 years later, they're telling us warm is going to end big. the world. Right. And uh, Paul Ehrlich was saying in the 70s, we're not going to see 2000. We're going to see... Um, um, The population of the world die off as a result of these um, doomsday scenarios that he was putting forth. So these people cycle through regularly, and it's important to hold them to account because I mean, let's—they're almost certainly going to call for significant uh, increases in taxes on energy and uh, in, in particular carbon energy and carbon-based energy so i look forward to seeing any proposals that may come and uh, i don't think people i mean let's look at the good people of france and what they've done over the last month since macron uh, proposed these huge energy taxes increase in energy taxes they finally said we're fed up mm-hmm. i mean Think about the French who are taxed out of their minds and they finally said enough is enough and you've got the green vest movement that's going on over there. I think you would see the same thing happen in America here when they find out the details of what they're really proposing. And that's what we need to do. We need to see a plan. We need to see a plan. And I would extend that um, to the Department of Transportation. We're talking about, boy, we need new sources of revenue and whatever. Give us what your plan is. How much more do you want gas taxes to go up? How much more do you want registration fees to go up? How much more do you want the people of the state of Wisconsin to pay? And then how are you going to use that money? That's what we need to see from um, Governor Evers uh, nominee for the Department of Transportation, uh, Craig Thompson. What's your proposal?
0: Are you worried about that nominee, by the way? And as I understand it, um, this task force that was supposed to be established it would be led by uh, Governor Evers' DOT secretary-designee, Craig Thompson, again, who uh, his background is fully in lobbying for road builders and transportation interests. So that's got to raise some red flags right there for fiscal conservatives. Uh, I'm told that uh, they were supposed to meet this week already and that there are members of that committee that have been selected. Is, is that the case? Because I'm, I've asked that question several times the DOT this week. Maybe they're not hardy stock like uh, Senator Tom Tiffany. They're certainly not reporting to work, um, but uh, I haven't gotten any answers from them.
1: Yeah, I think they have a meeting t- scheduled for tomorrow and Thursday. Do. What I'm hoping is that this task force doesn't become a tax force. Yeah. And um, so, um, I'm anxious to see what comes out of this committee, um, this task force that they've put together. I'm open-minded. Let's see what comes out of there for proposals. Now, if they continue on the path of reform that we've seen the last two years with great new programs being put in place like... um, bridge strengthening, asset management, really good reforms that have been put in place that are gonna use it, that are gonna stretch those transportation dollars, that $3 billion every year, if they stretch them further, I mean, if, if that's what they talk about and those are the proposals that come out of the task force, boy, I'm gonna be right there with them. If it's going to be simply, boy, we have to have more money, then, then I think we need to take another look at um, we may need to put alternate proposals forth. But I'm willing to take a look at what Governor Evers comes out of this, and I suspect we're going to see it in his budget.
0: You talked to MacGyver last week about this, what you'd like to see. You just laid that out. Uh, um, But you also noted that uh, we have what Governor Walker used to call the success dividend, uh, and we, we talked about it at a great length earlier in this conversation, the fact that we're projecting $2.4 billion in surplus revenue. You've said, well, let's maybe think about using those excess revenues to handle our transportation issues, but only on the things that are truly needed, truly important. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, for sure. We've spent an enormous amount of money on the mega projects here in Wisconsin, and they were warranted the Marquette Interchange, Zoo Interchange, now 94 south of Milwaukee, Illinois line. We're gonna spend over $3 billion there over the last 10 to 15 years and as we go through the next few years. Those are all really important projects that we did because most of our commerce in Wisconsin moves through there. But I think it's time to take a time out. And I think if nothing else, for the people of Milwaukee who've been driving through road construction Hmm. now for 10 to 15 years, it might be good just to give them a little bit of a break here. But I, I, I think there's two things let's use the dollars that we have more effectively and um, But let's get more money into local road aids at this point. Governor Walker had a great proposal he put forth just before the election that puts significantly more money into town and county road aids. I think that's really a good thing. Because what I hear from my constituents and in, in our survey that we did last year with 1,100 people that responded from my district, they said repair and maintain what we have first. Let's take care of what we have first before we do expansions. Now expansions, if they're warranted, for safety, you know, let's take a good look at them and see if uh, that's the right thing to do. But I think people want to see our roads repaired and maintained. That's what I hear from them consistently here in Wisconsin. And boy, you look at polling, uh, the Marquette poll, the last two that were done last fall, they specifically asked about transportation. 60% of the people said that we do not want a gas tax increase. I think it's really important for my colleagues to take a look at that and bear that in mind as you go forward because they know that the public, um, though they may not know the the nuts and bolts of the DOT budget the way some of us do, they know that we can spend this $3 billion more effectively and that's what we should do first.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to me, just a final point, but a finer point on the uh, whole transportation issue. You talk about, The Evers administration, the governor, uh, talking about uh, a middle class tax cut, that's exactly what Republicans are talking about, so much to the point that uh, Speaker Voss has even called it the Tony Evers tax cut plan. They're very similar, just different revenue sources, if you will. But, uh, and then the the talk about taxing higher income folks. That's one thing, I suppose, and you know, it is our position that uh, taxing anybody is not the right path to go on. Uh, that said, when you put a gas tax in, now you're taxing everybody. You're taxing uh, the people you're supposed to be um, you know, so concerned about. That's got to be a difficult sell for these folks. Yeah,
1: take a look at my district where you have... Um people tend to drive further distances because we're further apart and all the rest. I mean, this will really hit, it hits low-income people hard, and it'll hit rural people very hard. You know, but I take government... I'm willing to see what comes out of this task force. I take Tony Evers at his word. He said that he plans to raise no taxes. He said that about five days before the election, obviously there was pressure on him to um, repudiate that he's just going to be another big taxer. I take him at his word yeah. that he's not going to raise taxes, and I hope he follows through with that.
0: All right. Well, we've handled the time. By the way,
1: you ta- and you talked about growth mm-hmm. in regards to this. I think. So that $2.4 billion that Fiscal Bureau is talking about today mm-hmm. as we speak, um, if we need more revenue for um, uh, for the Department of Transportation, let's take a little bit of that um, growth that we've had, let's use a portion of that towards uh, transportation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I think that that may be getting a lot more attention from fiscal hawks like yourself mm-hmm. in the Senate in particular. where. Uh, the gas tax idea is going to have a, a really hard time. Okay, well, we've talked about the major policy issues of the day. We've almost solved all of the world's problems. Now let's get to the really important stuff, and that oh. is oh boy. a segment at MacGyver News that uh, we like to call five fast questions. You know, don't have to give these a lot of thought. I certainly did not putting them together, so that would that would equal all of this out. But we ask you five questions, and uh, does Chris
1: give us a t- give me a time limit no, for the answer? No, oh, okay. a guy okay. like
0: Good. yourself, a hardy guy like yourself, we're not going to mess around with that. You got you got a bear in your office, okay? Yes, yes we do. So we're not going to mess with you on that front. But we got five fast questions for you. Are you ready, sir?
1: Someday, I'm hopeful not to add a wolf to that bear um, out there for the, uh, the Tiffany Zoo here in 316.
0: <laughs> well, the zoo is really uh, all around you in this building, I might add, a lot of times. Uh, but no, you've got a bear in your office. You may have a wolf in your office. We're not going to mess with you on the time limit here. But here's question number one. Do you plan, sir, to introduce legislation censuring the polar vortex?
1: Um, we would really like to keep the Polar Vortex out of Wisconsin in the future, and uh, that bill is in drafting currently. Awesome.
0: So much for global warming. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Quadrophenia or Tommy, your favorite uh, Who Rock opera album? Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> I'm an Almond Brothers fan. Oh,
0: yes. All right. You are the Midnight Rider. Whipping post. Oh, now you're talking. Tom Tiffany, not only the Iron Man, the Blues Man (laughs) of Hazelhurst, Wisconsin. Hey, uh, what's up with Cardi B? Cardi B. Okay.
1: If my daughters listen to this, they're going to be incredibly embarrassed. Who's Cardi B?
0: Yeah, I had the same question when I asked it. That's why I was hoping you would have the answer to that. (laughs) Hey, what lawmaker gets under your skin the most? Come on, be honest. You're just uh, talking to us here, Chris, Rochester, myself. What lawmaker yeah. gets under my skin the most? Somebody alone. just makes your skin crawl. Mm. Lennon. Lennon. Vladimir or yeah. John?
1: <laughs> John Lennon did some fine music. Now, yes, he did. not quite Allman, Allman Brothers.
0: Allman Brothers-esque,
1: no. You know, Category, but uh, still some really good music. I think
0: Abbey Road is similar to what the Allman Brothers did at some level, but certainly not. Uh, and I would rank Stalin uh, second to yeah. Lennon. Oh yeah, some some pretty uh, crummy crummy. Uh, By the couple. way,
1: one time I read an editorial in the Capital Times. Mm-hmm. This is about 10 years ago, where uh, a letter writer wrote in that Lenin good, Stalin bad. That was basically that was the that? gist of the letter.
0: Yeah. Oh my. Well, they would be... I think that the folks from Madison would really appreciate the term that Lenin used for Western sympathizers of communism. Remember what he called them? Useful idiots. Useful idiots. Why do I get the feeling that that is uh, an apt term yet today from the far left? And
1: actually, Lenin didn't say that originally. Our friend Marx.
0: Oh yes, that's, and not
1: Groucho. That's right, and not he used Groucho. it originally.
0: Well, that's the, that. That should be the next question: Groucho or Carl? But we'll uh, hit you with the last uh, two questions here on Five Fast. Questions. Am I doing okay? You're doing excellent. Awesome. Here's the, no. This is. I, I'm sorry. We've done four so far. What's uh, here's number five? Is bacon the answer to all of man's modern day woes? bacon. You should see the gleam that he has in his eyes right now, by the way. Here's what I'm thinking. As you see
1: that gleam in my eyes, Mm -hmm. is there are a lot of different types of bacon that are made. And many, you know, we have like 500 meat processors in the state of Wisconsin. It's incredible. You can find a little locker plant in just about any corner of the state of Wisconsin. I'm going to say this to you and I'm going to get some criticism from the Newskies people and others. There's a little locker plant in Elmwood, Wisconsin, the community that I grew up in, 800 souls in that fine community. They have a plant there called Siler's. Siler's have been producing the finest bacon in Wisconsin. Their blue ribbon bacon mm. for about four generations
0: you got to check it out. I have got to check it out. You have just made the last portion of my bucket list today. Thank you, sir, for that. Because I do believe that bacon can solve all of our woes. Uh, again, we are very thankful for the Iron Man, not the Iron Stash. The Iron Man, otherwise known as Senator Tom Tiffany, Republican Hazelhurst. Thank you so much for joining us. We do appreciate it.
1: It was great to be here. And Chris does one fine job, manning the controls.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's like zen over there, isn't it? It's just calm peace. Now, Chris is going to make this all sound better at the end of this. Is that correct? He is going to make it sound like you and I are not even on this podcast. That's how good he's going to make it. (laughs) And he's going to deliver bacon. That's even better. Thank you again for uh, being here, sir. And thank you to uh, all of our listeners. Uh, We appreciate it very much. This is MacGyver Newsmakers. I'm Matt Kittle reporting.